Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Welcome back to the Brain Care Podcast. So on the show today is Dr. Mike Dow. He is America's go-to therapist and a highly sought-after psychotherapist. He's also a New York Times best-selling author of brilliant books such as The Brain Fog Fix, Healing the Broken Brain, and Diet Rehab. So, Mike, we met over some incessant messaging from me and Twitter and Instagram, but welcome to the show and thank you for saying you'll come on. I am so glad we made it from social media to this incredible platform. So thanks for having me. Awesome. So in this first uh, first episode with you, I want us to explore a topic that you are an expert in already, which is brain fog, which is something that comes up so often from people in our community, of course, and something so many of us have experienced. So I think before we can really think or talk about treatments and remedies, frankly, we do have to understand what it is and define it properly, because my version of brain fog might be different to yours, etc. So take us through this. What is brain fog according to the expert opinion? Yes. So brain fog is essentially when you know that you are not feeling like yourself. There is something, whether it's mood, memory, concentration, energy, you know that there is something going on with your brain. But it's really interesting because brain fog is not a medical diagnosis, but it's one of, in my clinical experience, one of the most commonly reported symptoms of people when they come in, right? And they've been to other doctors, they've been to sometimes imaging, um, spec scans, fMRIs, uh, lots of assessments, and it's the, but I still just don't feel like myself. Why is that, right? And of course, when it comes to our most complicated organ, the most advanced entity in the universe, which is the human brain, of course, it's going to be complex. So I, I think that's a good sort of short definition of what brain fog is. Great. Okay. So for those that don't know um, and haven't read, can you actually just tell us a little bit about your best-selling book, The Brain Fog Fix? Yeah. So The Brain Fog Fix is a very whole person-centered, integrative approach. We're talking about cognitive behavioral therapy and how thinking patterns and how if you think in patterns that are polarized or black and white, or you think in patterns that are pessimistic or in uh, pervasive patterns, how that can set you up for depression. Um, But then also how can what you eat? So if, for example, your HSCRP or high sensitivity C-reactive protein on a lab comes back over one, we know that there's some systemic inflammation and how can eating more clean seafood bring that inflammation down in the brain. But then we also have to talk about neurotransmitters. So how can eating this diet rich in fruits and vegetables give your brain what it needs in terms of the amino acids that manufacture serotonin, dopamine in the brain. And that's a piece of it. But then it's also looking at spiritual practices. It's looking at your relationships. And unless you deal with all of that, you're not going to feel your best, right? So I really wanted to, to write a book that was really integrating all of those things, because I certainly know in my in the tens of thousands of hours and the thousands of people I've treated that unless you have all those things together, you're not going to get rid of that brain fog, in my opinion. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's not often that you hear a a doctor talk about the spiritual side of things as well, right? Mm. So did you get pushback when you were talking about that and writing about that as well? 
I think a little bit, and I think a lot of my colleagues are so hyper-focused on, on one thing, and I always go back to this, I may botch it, but this quote, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I think that if your training is in one area, that's fantastic. And you're probably, yes, uh, an expert in that area. But how can we treat the brain without addressing spiritual practice? You know, it, it's something that has been part of traditions for thousands of years. You know, the human brain didn't all of a sudden evolve when things like medicine and, and psychology became these licensed professions, right? And in many when we go back hundreds or even thousands of years, a lot of these roles were actually filled by shamans or rabbis or priests or these community leaders. And we were doing psychotherapy within our villages, right? Um, so yeah, you have to mind the spirituality because we know that spirituality, so meditative practices, they change the brain. They literally make this most human part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, it, it actually gets thicker with meditation practice. So I think we now have some scientific validation that yes, spiritual practice should absolutely be a part of any good program. So, you know, we talked very, very broadly on, um, I guess, some of the symptoms and some of the causes, but can you, can you speak, you know, for a couple of minutes more on like some of the more common uh, things that you've seen, the symptoms and causes of, of brain fog? Yeah, so I like to uh, talk about these different sort of subtypes. I have a chapter in the book called Senior Moments, and my grandfather would always refer to his memory lapses as senior moments. And so if you can't remember names, if you walk into a room and you think, why did I come in here? That's really important to pay attention to because, you know, if memory is your main concern or where you're seeing the most problems and maybe you're having what we call senior moments, but it's not inevitable. So I think there's this myth of, oh, well, once your memory goes, there's nothing you can do about that. So we know that when you're diagnosed, and this, this is a, a real diagnosis, so mild cognitive impairment and subjective cognitive impairment, you know, we, we see that this is a stepping stone for some people, especially when you don't do anything about it. It can be a stepping stone on its way to dementia. So for those people, it's the, okay, what do I need to do to actually use my brain? Because it is use it or lose it. So how can I combine foods like omega-3s, turmeric, which uh, people in India, the, the really fascinating thing about India is, you know, they're eating curry all the time, right? Every day, all day, every day. <laughs> there's there's turmeric and black spice combined with fat in, in most meals. So isn't that interesting? Because we know that turmeric, the that beautiful yellow spice, when combined with either black pepper or fat, it can help it be absorbed in the body, making its way to the brain and preventing those plaques from forming, reducing inflammation in the brain. And I think the part that you didn't um, didn't follow through to mention there is actually India has much lower rates of Alzheimer's and dementia than we do in the West. Absolutely, much lower. Thank you for, for uh, my brain goes very quickly. So <laughs> I was already on to my, my next thought uh, without finishing. So thank you for that. Um, and then I think the other sort of main subtype would be people who have more problems with mood. And this would, uh, this was also aligned with sex drive, sleeping problems, energy, digestion. Now it's a, a matter of really looking at, okay, our stress, our neurotransmitters, are you missing something in your diet? You know, there was this really fantastic study that looked at the Mediterranean diet. And by the way, my program, in the Brain Fog Fix is a modified Mediterranean diet. It's basically a lower carb Mediterranean diet. And that's not just a preventative strategy, but patients diagnosed with major depressive disorder who then 
went into the study following a Mediterranean diet, it actually treated major depressive disorder. Isn't it so fascinating that, you know, the only effective treatments for depression don't come in little orange bottles. So it's so fascinating that, wow, okay, so if I'm eating this anti-inflammatory diet that has high levels of omega-3s, lower levels of omega-6s, which, you know, both in the UK, around Europe, you know, anytime you take a food in industrial oil, they're not using healthier oils. When I go to the Mediterranean, they are using healthier oils, you know, and it's so interesting that even these farming practices, and I think this is true in the UK as well as certainly the United States, where we know that you are what you eat ate. So it's not just the the type of protein you're consuming, but what was that chicken or what was that cow eating? Because if that cow was eating these nutritious grasses, then that's going to give that the meat and the dairy, you know, the milk, the cheese, higher levels of omega-3s and lower levels of omega-6s. But in the United States, we are feeding them industrial grains, right? Um, and that increases omega-6, decreases the omega-3s, and that creates an inflammatory state, not just in the animal, but in us, in our bodies and in our brains when we consume those products. Very, very common um, for vegans and vegetarians to speak about brain fog as well. You've just talked about, you know, why, why and how it might appear in meat eating diets. But what about in plant based diets? So in plant-based diets, the biggest culprit is, is the B vitamins, right? So I, I think that's the first piece. And there's a reason why in America, all of our energy drinks have a ton of B vitamins because B vitamins really help you with energy. And, you know, I think a lot of vegans, they experience brain fog because it's, it's just like the, the neurons aren't firing fast enough. There's not enough dopamine because we need those B vitamins to produce those uppers in our brain. The other major reason is that, yes, Vegans get a lot of ALA. That's the plant-based omega-3. So looking at these three omega-3s, we have ALAs, EPA, and DHA, right? So when you're eating a lot of ALA, you think, oh, I look on this bottle and it's like, oh, I'm getting thousands of milligrams of ALAs, or it'll just say thousands of milligrams of omega-3s. But guess what? Only a fraction of the ALAs are converted to mostly EPA and almost none to DHA. So what is DHA? DHA is essentially your brain's Play-Doh. You know, it's like the building block for your brain. EPA is more an anti-inflammatory, mood-promoting omega-3. And, and in seafood, most seafood has roughly the same amount of EPA and DHA. So about 100% of the EPA and DHA you're getting, your brain is using to c- control inflammation, boost mood, and, you know, support neuroplasticity because it's literally that Play-Doh. If you're vegan, you're not getting the EPA and DHA. So you're getting the ALAs from, let's say, flaxseed. And then your body is going to lose most of that in the conversion to EPA. So what happens when you have low levels of EPA and DHA? Well, then you're going to have brain fog because you don't have, definitely don't have the DHA. So you're definitely not getting the building blocks of the brain. And you're also not getting enough EPA. So I recommend for vegans to look for algae-based DHA supplements and also So women do better than men because in terms of that conversion, men are, they're terrible at converting ALA to EPA. Women do a little bit better, but we see as women get older. So a 24 year old vegan is going to be better than a 64 year old female vegan because we see the conversion rates differ across sexes and across the lifespan. 
That's super interesting. I had no idea. My big question to you, Mike, is do you still ever suffer from brain fog, even though you know all of the things to do? A big fat yes. So, so Dan, you know, I can tell you that my brain, you know, in the past 10 years, I take B vitamins every day. I eat a lot of wild caught salmon every single week, not one or two servings, but multiple servings almost just about every day. I take a really high quality omega-3. I take all these things. I take probiotics. Uh, but every once in a while, you know, when my sleep, uh, I was I was traveling for work last week. I'm, I'm shooting a new um, show that'll be announced soon on one of the major streaming services that you'll have in the UK and we have here in the US. And, you know, I'm shooting these really long days. I'm studying my script the night before. I'm experiencing jet lag because I'm across the country, three time zones away. I'm stressed, so I'm not sleeping well. I, I wear an aura ring every day um, so I can actually see how much deep sleep I'm getting. I'm not getting any deep sleep. I'm stressed out. And, you know, my brain was foggy. But I can tell you that you know, a couple of things. I practice meditation every day. That helps. I take my supplements when I travel. That helps. So I think before when I used to go from like feeling good to going from like a nine to a two, this stress takes me from like a nine to a, a five. So it really does buffer it a bit. But yeah, you know, I still feel a little foggy. I, I'm still feeling a little bit not like my best self, but I also have the tools for meditation to cognitive behavioral therapy. And when I wake up first thing in the morning, I'm not a morning person. So my negative thoughts tend to really be present in the morning as I'm getting ready and putting my microphone on. It's like, oh gosh, what if you just botch it today? And I have to use my own skills to talk back to myself and say, you've done this for thousands of hours and they keep calling you back to, to do this. So you must be pretty good. You must be pretty okay at what you do. So, you know, I, I think it really does mitigate some of the stress. And I think we can all use a little bit more, especially because we all have this e extremely stressful event called the pandemic, right? So, or work or getting back to work or childcare during a pandemic, you know, it's like all of that stress. If we use these strategies, it can, it's not going to fix it overnight because it's not a, a, a quick fix. But, you know, you start putting one, two, then five, then 10 of these practices in. And over time, you notice, oh, wow, I'm feeling better. And, and that's what I want people to feel. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mike. I am delighted to be chatting to you again in the next episode about ketamine therapy. So looking forward to that. Me too, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain health to get your free score from one to 100. See you next time. <laughs>